Welcome to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a coach for women who want to live their best life wherever they may be. If you want to hear real stories about people living life their way, and you want to learn about having more peace of mind and confidence, then this is the podcast for you. I hope you'll enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, and I'm recording here again from Sweden in my kitchen. And thank you to everyone who said that they love to see my kitchen uh, while they're watching the YouTube video. Or, yeah, if you notice it's a little bit um, echoey, my apologies for that. This is, like I said, the best place for me to record at the moment. Anyway, on with the show for this week. Um, first of all, let me just point you in the direction of another great show that's come out uh, recently, and that is Sarah Furuya's podcast, uh, her Legends series, which are out on YouTube and uh, on the podcast version. You can find them on uh, iTunes and all of your favorite podcast players. So the reason I wanted to, one of the reasons I wanted to tell you about uh, what Sarah's doing is that, you know, she she just really picked some amazing people to interview. And so if you, you can go and watch any of them on her channel, but um, recently she's had Angela Oritz on there. She is an amazing woman. She's done so much stuff. And I really want to say thank you to Angela from just, you know, cornerly from the bottom of my heart for all the work that she's done in Tohoku um, post the 2000 and, yeah, 2011 triple disaster that we had up there. And her, um, her organization goes up there and, and, and helps uh, all kinds of uh, people in the community, even now, to get back on their feet, um, even though it's been nearly 10 years. And that is very much appreciated. And another really wonderful interview she's done recently is with Nina Cataldo. I'm just uh, making sure I got that name right, Cataldo. Yes, she is a wonderful woman and she leads the Hafu Ladies community. And so if you're wondering what Hafu is, it means it's a Japanese word that means half Japanese, half uh, some other um, kind of nationality. So um, her, her group is just going from strength to strength. And yeah, it was really, really lovely to hear her voice and, um, about what it's like for her as being a parent of two children who are half Japanese, half New Zealand. And um, it'll be, it's so wonderful to know that there's a place for my daughter to potentially reach out to people like her in the future if she needs that. And yeah, so I want to say uh, thank you to Nina for creating such an amazing group. So if you want to find out more about Sarah's um, podcast, just go and go over to her website, sarahfuruya.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-F-U-R-U-Y-A.com. And you'll find it under legends at the top there. And I'm really proud of Sarah for just getting out there and getting these episodes coming out. Yeah. So don't, not hiding, uh, hiding them or having them just sit there doing nothing. So I helped Sarah to get this going. Um, I'll just mention, but yeah, with 
without that, you know, they'd still be sitting there in the in somewhere in her hard drive. So, <laughs> so if you're someone who really, you know, thinks, oh well, I'd love to do a podcast, but I really don't know how. Um, I could never do a podcast. That is actually not true. Anybody can do a podcast because here I am talking to you on YouTube and you know, with my own podcast that's been going for nearly three years now and you know 80 nearly 80 episodes so if you want some help with that please contact me this is something that i do help people with behind the scenes so that they can just get on with what they actually want to be doing which is you know uh, interviewing the people um, and getting on with your particular business whatever that might be so yeah that's something that i work on with people together and sarah is one of my first uh, customers so thank you so much for uh, being being that person who um, just said to me, can you help me? And I was like, well, actually, yes, I can. And here we are with this amazing podcast coming out and these amazing, amazing interviews with these fascinating women. So yeah, definitely go and show Sarah some love over there on her uh, podcast and keep your eyes open. Uh, I have another one coming up for you uh, in the works, someone else I'm working with, and I'll give you more information about that as soon as it's ready to go. So let's get on with the show for this week. So I apologize if I'm not looking at the camera and I'm looking at all other places. I'm getting my notes ready. Uh, so the topic this week that I just, you know, when I'm choosing my topics, I'm generally living through it at the same time. So this is often how I come up with what I'm actually going to talk to you about. So this week we're talking about uncertainty. Now uncertainty is a word that everybody's throwing around at the moment and I see so many um, things coming up with you know, uncertainty um, workshops and all of these things. So it's definitely a buzzword at the moment and it's definitely something we're all experiencing. So I thought why not you know, put my spin on it because uh, yeah, we're all living with uncertainty. I know I've had a lot of uncertainty this year, you know, not just the, the COVID thing, but which everybody has been affected by in some way or some form. Um, you know, I've talked about how our family was, you know, suddenly shipped back to Japan and we didn't know when we were going to get back here to Sweden to our own home. Um, you know, even though Japan was my home for 18 years, we, you know, have set up our new home here in Sweden and this is where all our things were and our life and the kids' school and my husband's work and, and our friends were, you know, we just made new friends and suddenly we had to leave again. It was a huge amount of uncertainty to deal with on top of the fact that, you know, there is COVID happening, which is just, you know, mind boggling at the same time. So definitely loads of chances to learn about how to live with uncertainty this year. So I thought this will make a great topic um, because there's definitely more uncertainty coming where that came from. Like that's not the end of uncertainty, um, that's for sure. So, you know, we're living with uncertainty at levels that we have potentially not lived with for a long time. I'm not going to say ever, um, you know, but the kind of uncertainty that we're living with is extremely high or, you know, it's just a sort of an uncharted territory, if you will. So we're not worrying about the uncertainty, you know, at a small level, like, oh, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? It's more on, you know, at a much higher level and much more sort of distressing level of uncertainty, which is, you know, for me, when will I see my family in New Zealand again? Or, 
you know, uh, how long is it going to take for the Japanese government to let me back into Japan? Um, this has recently been sort of fixed and then I can go back to Japan now, hooray. Um, if I do jump through some hoops and get tests done and, and whatnot and um, traipse my way to the embassy in Stockholm and apply and then go back again and pick up my um, application later and not to be done on the same day, make you come back. <laughs> so, yeah, lots of hoops to jump through to get back into Japan if I wanted to. So, yeah, things like that. Um, people are afraid when they're going to see their families. Um, people are afraid for their livelihoods, for their health, for their family's health. It's been a tough year and it's not over yet. So we still have winter to come. People are talking about, oh, the second wave, all of this, this sort of you know, fear and definitely a lot of uncertainty and anxiety happening at the moment. So how can we deal with this level of uncertainty? Well, yeah, <laughs> it's not easy, is it? But I do feel that we can get better at it. And so if I, if I think back, to 2011 that was a whole big thing a whole level of uncertainty and a whole new thing kind of on pan, pan, world pandemic level of this is the worst nuclear disaster that we've ever had in in the world potentially even worse than chernobyl um, happening in fukushima which it's just happens to be where i was living at the time and my house was uh, less than 50 kilometers, not much less than 50 kilometers away from Fukushima Daiichi, which is the, the power plant that was doing really badly. And there's actually like six of them out there. So it wasn't just the one, there's like all these other ones as well that we were all worried about. But Fukushima Daiichi was the one that <laughs> became the most famous because it was the one that melted down and caused and started to explode and let off all all these, um, you know, radiation and things that um, cause all the trouble. So when I think back to, that was nearly 10 years ago now, when I think back to the level of fear and anxiety and uncertainty I was living with at that time, I would say I was a good 10 or, you know, maybe off the charts, you know, a number 12. Like we thought, you know, we could potentially die. And I know even people in Tokyo felt that fear, right? That, that one day we could be just completely obliterated if this nuclear disaster um, really does happen in the worst way possible. So, you know, there's that, there was that fear and then slowly things started to get under control. And so we could, you know, come back to a, a level sort of nine or 10. And then after a few years, <laughs> I'm talking years here, we got back to, oh, okay, it's still there. It's still, in the back of our mind sort of pretty much on a daily basis but I can not sort of have all of my emergency supplies in my in the back of my car ready to drive away if I have to I don't have my passport in my handbag anymore because I used to carry that with me just in case and my husband and I had this whole scenario worked out where if something went really really you know really really bad I'm going to use the word bad up there at the power station and that we've ever found out about it 
um, that I would just get in the car with my daughter and our passports and I would drive away from, um, from Iwaki as fast as I could. And that was our sort of plan. And hopefully we would meet at the, the highway and drive together somewhere away from, you know, to give ourselves a chance to save ourselves. Preferably before anybody else got the idea to drive away and we were stuck in a massive traffic jam. This is the kind of thing we were living with in 2011 when, you know, later on in the year when we were back living in our house, um, you know, not that far away from where they were trying to, still trying to save the power plant from, you know, potentially obliterating <laughs> a large part of the world. So, um, yeah, and after I would say um, probably two or three years, yeah, we came back down to a level of, okay, it's still not great, but, you know, we're getting on with life here. And now 10 years on, we would say that we are living in a very new normal and that, you know, everybody in Fukushima knows it's still there. You still see it on the TV every night. Um, they let you know what other radiation levels in all the towns and things. And, and as soon as anything happens, as there's an earthquake or, um, you know, a really big tsunami, they're always broadcasting, oh, there have been, you know, no changes in the situation at Fukushima power plant all of these things. So it's, it's, it's not better. It's not fixed, but it's definitely in a, uh, you know, in a situation where it's sort of, for lack of a better word, under control. So we in Fukushima get on with our lives and go about our lives. Occasionally you will see, you know, a radiation measuring post as you go on your day, morning walk with your dog or something. Um, and we know, you know, um, don't eat, don't go to the forest near the power plant and try and eat the mushrooms or the, the wild pork from there or something, you know. So we are living, we're still in Fukushima, we're living with a new normal. And this is a, another phrase that's been bandied around here, um, you know, all across the world, this new normal that we're living with around COVID. So having experienced that, like going from just completely fearing for my life to oh, I'm actually living a normal life again and I'm feeling normal again. From something that was so bad, it gives me hope that we will be able to get through this too with COVID. So if you haven't experienced something like that yourself, please take that from my experience if that helps you um, to know that we will come out the other side of this in some way and maybe COVID will never go away, but we will be able to live with it um, in some way. Okay. So the, you know, maybe take a, take a quick look at your own life. Where have you had something happen like this? And you just thought, this is, there's no way I can get back from this. It's never going to be the same again. Um, and, but somehow some years later or sometime later, you are actually okay. again. So there's a lot of, um, yeah, we can, we can sort of feel a bit of relief with that, that, at some point we will be okay again, yeah? And that might help you to get through the next hour or so if you're on, in lockdown somewhere in the world and you have all your, your kids are at home and you're trying to homeschool them and trying to follow the, the school, you know, online schooling thing and it's driving you absolutely nuts and my heart goes out to friends who are in Melbourne and, and experiencing that right at this moment. Yeah, I just hope that, yeah, 
some of that will help you to get through today or the next hour or whatever it is with you're feeling right now. So yeah, also just sort of just give yourself a chance to stop and feel the feelings. So how often do we actually let ourselves feel the feelings? I know it's something I have to make myself do sometimes. Yeah. I definitely will avoid it if possible. And I have to actually say, okay, let's go into your room, shut the door, have a cry. Um, you know, however long it takes to get over that. And it's generally not that long because you know, our bodies cannot sustain that, that even, even when something absolutely awful happens to us, we cannot sustain that level of sadness. Our, our bodies are just, will move through it. Yeah. Maybe it takes half an hour, maybe it takes an hour, but after that we can, if we get rid of, you know, get it out of there, you will come back to feeling a little bit more like your normal self. So give yourself a chance to feel the feelings, whether it's anger or sadness or whatever, going, you know, go into your room, scream into your pillow, bang something. I don't know, but definitely, definitely is the better way to do it than what I would normally have done in the past, which is open the fridge, grab myself a big glass of wine or open the cupboard and get out some chips and munch my way through a whole bag of chips to try and make myself feel better. But it doesn't work. Yeah. All you're doing is effectively drowning, drowning the feelings and then putting a good layer of potato chips on top. So let's not do that. Let's give yourself a chance to feel the feelings and it's going to feel uncomfortable. It is. But after you've been through that, you will feel better. Yeah. For, for some time at least. So yeah, feeling the feelings. Yeah. Not it's, you know, if you decide to go the other way, the, the drown them and uh, eat your feelings one, you're still going to have the feelings at the end of after the binge session. So let's, let's not do that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we know, I know we all do this, but let's try not to do that. Let's try to feel the feelings. All right. So um, next thing I want to just mention is some of my practical tips. Yeah. Practical tips for things that we can do to help you in this time of uncertainty. Yeah. So, um, these things, you've heard these before, but maybe if you hear them from me, maybe you might be like, oh, okay, maybe I will try that again. I haven't done that for a while. Or, you know, it'll just remind you. And, you know, I don't think you're stupid or anything or, or dumb that you don't know this, but to hear it again, to hear it said in a different way, maybe it'll be like, oh yeah, actually I haven't been doing that. Uh, maybe I will go and try that again and maybe it'll help. So here we go with my unoriginal but useful uh, practical things that can help you with dealing with uncertainty. Okay. So number one, and I feel this is really, really important right now is watching your media intake, especially around news around COVID or whatever it is that may be causing the uncertainty for you at the moment. So, and I will go back to my example of what happened in 2011 when I was actually you know interviewed quite a few times by various media outlets as someone on the ground in Fukushima who could speak English and I was pregnant as well so that made it even more exciting and dramatic for them so they just loved that and I was really surprised that even though 
my comments were not at all hysterical, that somehow they made it sound like that when they went to write the article. So I found that they'd sort of misquoted me and left out things that I'd said. And I was really, really disappointed because that was not what I wanted to have portrayed from the article, but that was how they, they spun it to, um, you know, get more people to read. Yeah. So after, after that, I realized, wow, so if that could happen to my little interview, how much of the media that I'm reading is actually just being sensationalized? And we know it is, but sometimes we just, often we'll just accept it and be like, oh yes, well, that's obviously true, when it's not. So keep that in mind when you are thinking about, when you feel that obligation to read the news and to keep up with what's happening, is to take a look at what you're actually reading and, and be like, okay, so there, what are the fact? What are the actual facts in this uh, story? And where is the sens sensational? <laughs> what has been sensationalized to make me um, become even more dependent on reading more news? Yeah, which is what they want, right? They want you to read more news. That is the purpose behind what they're doing. So, yeah, just be really, really aware of that when you're reading things, and you know, maybe just take a real step back and notice that. You know, before you start reading your morning news, your level, maybe you're feeling quite calm. And after you've read it, your heart rate has gone up quite a lot, potentially, potentially. And so just notice that, notice what it's doing to you. And I know that a lot of people feel they have a, a duty yeah, to keep up with what's happening in the news. And I have passed my duty on someone else and I've just said because I I know in order for me to be a good parent to my two children who are the most important things in the world to me I need to be feel more calm and it's definitely not helping me to read all of this news which is being designed to make me anxious so I pass that on to someone who I know does not struggle with that as much which happens to be my husband who is very able to you know, keep that separate from his own feelings. Yeah. So, and I just asked him, you know, if you think there's anything that I need to know, could you please let me know? Like in the past, it's been, oh, there's been a massive earthquake in New Zealand. He's the one who told me about the Christchurch earthquake. Um, I think in the first place as well, um, just before the one we had in uh, 2011. So yeah, maybe find someone who you can trust. You can say, I, you know, you know what I need to know about. Could you let me know if there's something I need to know about? And also, you know, if you're on Facebook, you might find that people will let you know if something really important has happened that you need to know about. And we don't need to know about every single thing that's happening just because the news media outlet that you follow has decided that you should know about it. Okay. So, this is one strategy that I really, 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 and I love to call it my low information diet. I really, really encourage people just to take it down a notch with the media or just get rid of it altogether. Let someone else do that for you if you're finding that you're really struggling with this, okay? Number two. So number two is caffeine. And I know you know this, and I'm just going to say it again. If you're already in a state of anxiety, fear, feeling very uncertain, adding in cups of coffee on top does not help the situation. And you might find that your tolerance for caffeine has 
really, really decreased, yeah? So even though potentially last year, you would happily drink three cups of coffee a day and feel normal, feel fine, feel great even, now you probably feel like you're climbing up the walls or um, you're, you're feeling terror almost, yeah? Then you're feeling that your heart's racing, you're feeling anxious. So just notice that potentially, your body can't handle the caffeine that you would normally have. So obviously having less or none. Um, I used to have at least two cups a day. Now I'm down to like one and then I might have decaf or something. And sometimes I just don't even feel like it because I already often feel like I'm on a much higher level of alert than I would normally be. So yeah, that's the thing about caffeine. And something else I've noticed by really cutting down the caffeine was that I don't need the alcohol in the evening to wind down because I'm not as jacked up as I would normally be. And that's there's off, often a sort of a correlation between your consumption of caffeine and your consumption of alcohol, yeah? So when you don't have this, you don't actually need this so much or you don't feel the need so much to try and wind down. And so, yeah, not relying on those stimulants as much really just helps everything to just be a lot calmer. So. Yeah, maybe have a look at that and see if that's something that could be somewhere you could really improve uh, your your well-being by just cutting back your caffeine potentially. All right, number three, walk it off. And another really boring <laughs> one, and you all know this, is exercise is yeah, great and all of that. But in particular, this really repetitive exercise, which is walking. Well, running, if you prefer running, you know, that gives you that extra sort of hit of um, of those really great hormones that make us feel good. Walking is amazing. It, it's just like you can, you're just sort of processing all those feelings into the ground as you're walking. And you will have, you will have seen, you know, like the great philosophers of history walk around and think about their problems that they're trying to um, find an answer to mulling over things while they're walking around. There's a reason for that. And it really does help us to process things. So, I really encourage uh, all of my clients who I work with to have some movement, especially walking or running in their um, daily, um, yeah, their, their daily life. It's a habit, um, build it into your lifestyle if you can, and that makes it even easier. And it's a mood boost, yeah. It's not for losing weight, it's not for um, getting healthy. We want to boost our mood now. And we want to check that box off. And when you do that, you have given yourself a double boost. Not only do you get the mood boost from the, the activity, the walking, but also you get to check something off your list. Oh, I did my walk. That is what we're aiming for because checking things off is really satisfying for many of us. And it will give you even more of a mood boost to, to check something off. Whereas get healthy or lose weight is a really random sort of goal that will never ever be reached and you will never ever feel that satisfaction okay so let's bring it back to today i'm going to walk you know i'm going to walk two kilometers whatever it is you know i'm going to walk for 10 minutes make it doable and get out there and try it it will really really help um, and you'll notice that you become even addicted to it and you'll, you'll be like, oh, I haven't had a walk today. I need to get outside and, and get into that nature, especially if you can. I know for people in the bigger cities, it can be tricky. Find a park, find anywhere that's green that's a little bit quiet to, to walk around and it makes a huge difference than potentially walking along a busy road. Okay, so that's number 
Three, walk it off. And number four is to just know that things can get better and you know, that, well, let me start again, is to know that we can get better at this, living with this level of uncertainty and that things will get better too. Okay, so it's, it's hard to imagine right now. And especially if you're somewhere that's in lockdown for the second time, and I'm giving a big shout out to, to Joe, who is, if you're listening, I'm just so amazed at how you're doing over there um, in, in Melbourne at the moment. So it's Victoria, isn't it? Where they're in, a, have been in another lockdown, a really long one. Yeah to know that we can get better at this and that things will get better too. So at Fukushima Daiichi can get better, which at the time I'm sure you will remember was just the pits. Yeah. It was a lot of people thought that there was the end of the world. I know I did um, that things will get better here too. So yeah, we can practice and learn and grow our muscles in this area, just like we can grow our muscles if we go to a gym just like we can get better at something like speaking a language if we practice. Living with these things, we can get better at them. I definitely have experienced that and it's taken a few major events like a nuclear meltdown and other being sent across the world and back again in the middle of a pandemic to really, to build those muscles. But we can do this, all right? And yeah, even let's even if we have some small improvements. Yeah, we're not going for perfection. Not just like, oh yeah, yeah, I'm pretty. Yeah, I'm just such a cool, cool cucumber through everything. But some improvement, right? Some improvement can make a huge difference to your life, right? Definitely, yeah. Okay, so if this episode spoke to you and you're just like, yes, I needed to hear that. Okay, then. Maybe you might want to think about working with me um, on a more long-term basis. And we're going to work, we'll be working on these kinds of things, dealing with anxiety, dealing with uncertainty, um, dealing with the fear that you're living with. And maybe you're functioning really well. Yeah. Maybe you, you know, you, you've got the job going and the kids are okay. And you, you know, everything's going okay. But occasionally you find that you're completely wiped out. You crash. Um, and that you, you know, and you just feel that you are just like losing energy in the form of this anxiousness and, um, yeah, not potentially living with as much peacefulness as you could. Yeah. So this is what I'm going to be working on with my clients in the, in the future. And I'm working on training myself to learn even more about this. So if that's something that really spoke to you and you feel like, yes, I really like to improve my life in this area, then definitely take a look at my website under our work with me. So it's janenakata.com slash work with me. Um, and you can find out more about my one-to-one switch. These are long-term commitments to each other to help you just, yeah, really have more peace in your life decrease at the, the level of anxiety you're living with and yeah, really start to enjoy your life so that you can go on and do new things that you never dreamed you would be able to do because you're you know, living with so much anxiety. I know this is possible. I've done it myself. Um, if, I, if, if the old me was going through what was happening now, 
yeah, I don't know. It would not be pretty. Let's just say I would not be sitting here talking to you on this podcast. That's for sure. So I've lived these things. I've, yeah, I've worked through these things myself and I want to help you to do it as well if that's what you need. Now that said, if you are in a situation where actually you need to see professional medical, seek professional medical help, then definitely do that. Yeah. I'm not someone who can help you if you are suffering from clinical levels of depression or anxiety. Well, not yet, <laughs> maybe in 10 years, perhaps. So if that's you, please do get some help. Yeah. If, if however, you know, you are someone who has always, it's always just been something that you've lived with, but you've always functioned really well, really quite well, but you know that you could have more peace than this is what this is definitely for you. This is what I'm talking about. Okay. So let me just quickly recap those things for you. So number one, so by top tips for uh, we're living with more uncertainty and how we can get better at living with uncertainty. My practical, practical tips, yeah, that things that you can do today that will actually have a really big influence in feeling better, feeling more peaceful is number one, watch your media intake. Yeah, cut out that news. We don't need to spend a lot of time on there. Ask someone to give you the facts if later if you need them. Number two, caffeine. Notice if your caffeine intake is actually causing you more harm than good at, at present. And number three, walk it off, process those feelings. Number four, know that we can get better at this and that things will get better too. Okay, things will get better. It will be another new normal. Yeah. <laughs> and just like there's a new normal in Fukushima now, and we, we live with a, um, a nuclear disaster you know, up the road, but it's actually okay. Yeah. It's not what you would want, but it's okay. And where people are happy and fine and healthy and living their lives. Okay. So I hope that that inspires you to try something new or remind yourself to do something that potentially you've forgotten about. Um, and I will look forward to having you back again in two weeks on our next episode please let me know if this was useful to you. I would love to hear from you. If you um, found that you, yeah, you're doing something new, maybe you're feeling better. I'd love to hear about that. You can find me over on Instagram at transformations with Jane or on Facebook transformations with Jane as well. So have a wonderful week and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye.